So, uh, we uh, are in the middle of a little bit of a gadata. It's interesting how those gemaras happen, where once you have one piece, you get into another. Um, and um, we were talking yesterday about uh, that different creatures, you can assume, cause harm. That's what's called a mazik, you know. And, and uh, you can't say, well... Oh, this is my pet uh, lion. I didn't know it was going to harm anybody. I, you know, it's uh, so. Uh, the, 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 although there was an opinion that if it was raised domesticated from the beginning, uh, then uh, so even these creatures could be tamed, except for the snake. So once we're on the subject of creatures, the Gomorrah went off discussing various wild uh, beasts and animals, and uh, uh, there's the idea that uh, the wicked sometimes come back to the world as a wild you know, some kind of wild creature, or the, that's, that's their tikkun, or that's their, because uh, that represents who they were. Tosas really asked, is it really wicked if they're not grateful, or it's just they lack, you don't, now say thank you, you know, they don't have that, but it's, uh, that was um, Tosas that was in the wrong uh, place um, in the middle of yesterday's daf. Um, let's just take a look at that Tosas again, because it's a famous Tosas. Uh, on uh, 16b, before we uh, finish that page, it's in the middle of the page. It doesn't really belong there, that tosis. Um I told you, sometimes it, when a tosis is in the wrong place, you never find it. Uh, it said, Vahudilo karabimodim. And um, the reason it's, it's important is whether or not you say the worst things happen to a person, the, the bedrock foundation of the word Jew means to give thanks, is to appreciate things, is to, is to be able to say thank you. I, 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 I'm aware of, the, of something good has happened to me. We, it's very easy to complain about the bad and just not see the good. Uh, so the, so lefisha mitzvah lekroy, there's a mitzvah to bow then, v'kizokif, and when you straighten up, you straight up like a snake. Uh, meaning you're like, uh, so I don't know why, the, there's a question like it says that snakes originally walked upright. They were the one animal that was given human characteristics. And it went to their head. And what did the snake do with it? It used it to try to seduce Kava and to get Autumn killed. And, uh, um, but uh, it, it mentions it over there, like it says in Brachos. Mida kenegad mida venasa nachash. So this person that refuses to bow and straighten up, he turns into a snake. Zehu oncho, that's the punishment. It's not fun to turn into a snake. Okay. There's this certain bone that a person has. Uh, it's interesting, they bring it in regard to Molava Malka too, that's that, that that bone gets nourished from the, uh, the person... Um, eat something special, Motsi Shabbos, to say goodbye to the Shabbos. So um, that there's an idea that that bone gets nourished. Menu notes there, Lassi Lavo. And a person who, who uh, feels the, the leaving of Shabbos and, and respects the Shabbos, so that means that he'll come back in the future. Vaoso etzem chazak, and that's a very hard bone. Vikasha kokach. Um, it's such a strong bone. Even people that are their bodies are nebuch burned, that bone is still there. Now, if that bone turns into a snake, then it, there's nothing to come back from. A snake could also be the worms. You know, the, when people die, they turn into worms. But uh, this person who doesn't have gratitude, uh, so he he doesn't have the he's not worth bringing him back. 
if he can't be grateful for anything, uh, that's it. This is his last show. He doesn't, with death, he's never coming back again. But the average person doesn't have that bone turned into the snake, and he does live forever. But Tosus is bothered by it. It seems to be a pretty harsh punishment. Is it logical that he should be punished because of that sin? I thought every Jew gets, gets to come back, gets the world to come. So he doesn't really answer that, Tosis. Uh, but it's intriguing Gemara, whatever, the, just the whole discussion of, the, of that bone. Okay, back to the Gemara at the bottom of the page. So um, we got into this because of the two rabbis that were mentioned, uh, that uh, the teaching of Rabbi Eliezer, and um, uh, the, um, he had a few teachings that were said in his name, and also Rishmo Bar Nachmeni. So uh, one of the things we mentioned was about uh, the, um, uh, the word aliyah, which is a, means to go up, but it wasn't clear what it meant. And we said, that, oh, in that context, it meant the best, because uh, our, our Mishnah used that word aliyah, that the person has to pay from the best. And that means that uh, if it's a uh, first-time damage, one that wasn't expected, so his liability is limited to the value of the animal that caused the damage. If, if, his, uh, if his sheep or his cow, the most could happen is he could lose the, that sheep or that cow or half the value of that sheep or that cow. But if it's been three times, if it's, he's a repeat offender, so then he has to pay from the aliyah, which means that uh, he's going to have to pay big bucks. He's going to have to pay the best that he has to uh, uh, make that person whole again. So our question was, where else did we find that word aliyah? And so we actually found it by, uh, there was a king that was buried in the aliyah. Now, it doesn't mean he was buried in the second floor. It means he was buried in the best spot. He got to be, he got top billing. He got to be buried next to David and Shlomo. There's a whole bunch of kins, kings in the Davidic line. And uh, the first two were the great, you know, David and Shlomo were the, were the top, you know, un- unbelievable kings. And those kings afterwards, so Chizkiyo was the one uh, who got buried over there in that, uh, that space. So now our Gemara continues on with that funeral. There was something unique about Chizkiyo's, uh, two lines from the bottom. Bamoso. And it says that they, made, they showed him respect when he died. Malamed Shoshiva. There's something that hadn't been done. So what did they do? Shoshiva Yeshiva Al Kivro. At the cemetery, at the place where he was buried, they made a yeshiva. They had, they, uh, usually what it means is they taught the teachings of Torah that that person taught, but they made a special yeshiva. So uh, how many days was there a yeshiva over there in the cemetery? So one says three days, the whole week, and some people say shloshim. This idea of doing something for a schus for them, for that person that passed away. So they do this in Israel. When a great person dies, they set up like a yeshiva that people come learn uh, out of respect. It's not they just come there and sit there and do nothing. No, they go and they learn Torah and merit of that. That's a great merit for the person that passed away. So Tosus wants to know, why did he get this? You don't find that by any other king. Bottom Tosus. The Shoshiva Yeshiva al Kaver, they put a a place of study on the grave. The Fishi here, but Torah Israel. It says that he was the great educator. He's the one that instituted all the schools. And it says, Shabbatka Midanad Beersheva, that they checked. Uh, sometimes in the big cities or in certain places, people are learned, but in other places, they're not so learned. 
they check from Dan until Beersheba, Velomata, Ishva, Isha, Tinik, Vatina. Men, women, boys, girls, everybody. Shalohai Bikim, Betuma, Vatahara. And they knew it all. They knew the, even the laws of purity. Very difficult stuff. Uh, so that's why they made the yeshiva because he he really had uh, he really brought the level of learning up. But Tosa says another question: It's not respectful. Uh, we don't do stuff in cemeteries. We don't do stuff around the deceased. It's considered disrespectful to have, especially because they can't get more mitzvahs. So we don't do mitzvahs around them. So how do they do a yeshiva on the cemetery? So he says below al kivro mamish. He says it doesn't. It wasn't on top of the grave. It was. A, it was nearby the leka Roche. If it's a distant, a few distance away, like you know, the, when they make a minion there, also in, in Israel, they, they have these little shuls at the cemeteries. Oh. That they're they're a little bit away from it. They're supposed to be a little bit away from it. Now, Wait, uh, that, what were we saying? That that's like not to tease. Correct, not to tease the like dead. That's what we do. Tittus is supposed to put in the same thing, right? Or the or supposed to be. So Tosa says as long as it's. Arba Amos, as long as it's um, uh, um, about seven feet away, then it's not considered teasing the, uh, the, the, the you know, like the, that close to the. Um, right. Now, I don't know. Um, they started having on Shlomo Karlbach's yard site. They start. They go to. They have a kumzitz at the cemetery. I don't know where that came from. I don't. Know. But you see people standing on graves. It's terrible. Like I don't know where they. There again. There, there could be at a distance. You know, a person. If they're. You know, the, the Dalinamas maybe. But um, um, there's like nobody in charge. So it turned into kind of like. A, but there is this idea of showing respect for the deceased. That really nothing should take place, you know, within Dalit Amos. Like no, uh, even mitzvahs, even even. But once you get past the Dalit Amos, so the problem in the cemetery is if you get Dalit Amos away from one, you're going to be next to another. So you have to, you know, the. But they did have a special yeshiva there at the grave. That's what Tosus mentions over here. Just interesting stuff. Okay, back to the Gemara at the top of today's page. Yud Zayin Amaral of seventeen eighteen. Rabban. Our rabbis learn who covered us Mosa. It says they had that. That was the uh, the uh, they made a, 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 when he passed away. They made a great funeral. They had thirty six thousand people with their shoulders bare. What does it mean? Their shoulders. It means they did they tore kriya. They they uh, oh. the uh, so and that That was a big sign of respect. Um, that so many people felt like he was their father, that they, you know, the, uh, to the king. Rashi, chalutze kesef, their shoulders kamo v'cholzu nalu. That's like when you remove the shoe, they remove, shikara big dayhem, they tore their clothes ad shenira kaspeyam, until you could see their shoulders. When he was a kid, when he was a king? Or just on my own? I'd have to look when he started. A lot of them started young. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, I don't remember if he, uh, he was the chizkyo. Omele Reb so um, he again because he was uh, so as great as, as he almost was the Mashiach. By the way, Hashem wanted to make Chizkiyo the Mashiach. It wasn't the time, but he was close. It's pretty good to be running up for Mashiach, you know. Oh. The, but um, so he got the thirty-six thousand people uh, uh, who tore Kriya walking at, in front of them at the cemetery, uh, but on the way to burial. said. That can't be that, that the, the verse implied that he got honor that no one else got. 
But the king of the ten tribes also got that. That was Achav. Achav also came. So there must have been something that didn't, you know, Achav was, um, if Achav got it, so then uh, um, what's the big deal that he got it? So Morris said, Elishin, there must be something else they did at his, at his uh, funeral. So Morris says, you know what they did? They brought out the Torah and they put it on top of the coffin. And they said, This one kept what was in that one. So that's the he that was a unique thing. I never saw that at at a at a uh, funeral. The Morris says, uh, there are a few great rabbis where they did that, even today. So the Morris says, Afuki Mafkinen, yeah, they do bring out the Torah, Nukelo Machina, but they either they don't put it on the on top of the coffin like that. Uh, they put it next to the coffin. Even if they put it next to it on it, but nobody can say for sure that they kept everything in the Torah. They could say that. So uh, before we do that, let's take a look at the second Tosus from the top. Um, so, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. We bring a proof from Achav. Achav was a bad king, uh, but a, uh, he was bad in a sense. He, he was good in that he built up the country, but he was not religious in a sense. He was, he was married to Jezebel, uh, Ezebel, and, uh, um, and she was a very bad influence on him. And uh, she got him to do bad things, and then he regretted it later. Uh, but he had a nice funeral. Uh, and so some people say he had the funeral because he, he, at the end of the day he did a lot for the Jewish people there's a whole discussion about it what, what the deal was he got the funeral and he, he was killed by some people say he was killed because he went out to war <laughs> this idea that people that are killed uh, defending the Jewish people are very holy that's, that's mentioned over there Muhammad. Uh, and not only that, he knew that if he allowed himself to be treated, then the more people would be killed. Because if the people saw that their king was hit, they would lose their courage. It's, oh no, that's the end oh, of it. Right. So he stood up and bled to death. You know, like in the it was certain bravery or certain. Uh, but anyway, that would cool himself to love, and he got a nice funeral. So Tosas has a question. That it says there was Rina in the camp. And that means that some people were happy at his funeral. Oh, here, now at least we got rid of him. Okay. Uh, so Tosu says, so Argomar sounds like he had a really nice funeral with a lot of respect, the 36,000 people who tore. And over there, the Gemara says, that um, there were uh, the people were finally happy that this uh, this tyrant uh, who was ruled by Jezebel whatever was killed. So he says that the the good people of that generation were happy. Avol Avadov, but his servants, Va'oavav, and his friends they were they were crying. So you had people laughing and people crying at that funeral. So he had a good funeral. I mean, there were a lot of wicked people there to to celebrate his funeral. You know, who gave him the final. Uh, uh, Tosas is saying it's not a contradiction that there were a lot of people, you know, who were crying at the funeral. Those weren't the good people. The good people were secretly happy. Uh, that's the. There was a lot going on over there, and that it's, it's funny that the Gemara mentions it. Okay. Then there's a next Tosas also 
which wants to know, can you put a Sefer Torah on top of a coffin? That's exactly what I was wondering. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the Gemara says, uh, You're not allowed to do such a thing. You can't even sit on a couch which has a Torah on it. So how are you going to take a Torah? He was like a living Sefer Torah, Tosu says. Uh, therefore, he was different. So there's like two Sefer Torahs next to each other? Correct, correct, that's right. But, uh, but he wasn't living anymore. Right. Shani, the Havi Gadol Torah Biyoser. Yes, all sorts of deeds. But, but they didn't worry about Tame or any of that stuff, I guess, did they? Can a Sefer Torah get Tame? Uh, it's not a, no, it's, again. It's Is not it so a, much kedusha. Yeah, that's some. That's this. Our Gemara would be the discussion of that. But uh, the Gemara doesn't. It's. Um, I don't know if they put it on him or they put him next to it or the. There's uh, um, a discussion. The but Tosa's answer is that he was uh, he was unusual. He was the he was the keeper of the Torah. Okay, back to the Gemara. Um, so and that we're in the middle. We're beginning uh, a story uh, of a question they asked. Um, a part of the reason of the Gemara was did they put it next to it? Did they just take it out? We, we were trying to figure out what was it that they did. There was something that happened and it wasn't clear over time what it was that happened. So, Omar Rabbi Barchana. Uh, Rabbi Barchana. And by the way, he's the famous Agaratameyan, Rabbi Barchana. Uh, Rabbi Barchana, Havi Ezlina Bahari de Rav Yochanan. I was following Rav Yochanan Nishul Shmaisa. I had to ask him something. Ki Havi Ayola Bezakise. And he was on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> it's funny. Why do we need to know these details? So wait a second. I asked him something. I had a great question. And he said, he didn't answer me. And he ran to the bathroom. Until he washed his hands. He put his tefillin back on. And he made Asher Yatzar. And then he answered me. Uh, so... Uh, he says that today uh, we do take out a Torah for a very great person, and we say he kept what was written in it, but Li made lo amrinin. But we don't say that he he did it and he learned. We we don't say he learned the whole Torah. We said he kept the whole Torah. The Gemara says, um, it doesn't it say that keeping the Torah is even better than learning it? So what, if we say a person kept the whole thing, isn't that the greatest thing you could say? One thing is to learn it for yourself. One is to learn to teach. Uh, and uh, uh, he, Chizkiyahu, had it taught, the Torah taught to everybody, not only learned it for himself. Um, there is a Rashi. Well, if it comes to learn yourself uh, and to do, it's better to learn, it's better to actually do the good deeds than not just learn about them. But to teach other people, that's even greater than deeds because, as we say, the learning brings to doing the deeds. What's going on here with him going to the bathroom and putting the tefillin on and off? So the question was, why did he put his tefillin on before he answered the question? Shouldn't he have answered the question, which is uh, paskening halacha or learning, before he put the tefillin on? Uh, unless the, the, the deed comes before the learning. That was the, that, that's some of the discussion over here. Why, what the, um, there seems to be a um, question about exactly what happened here in this story. Uh, but that's, uh, 
that's discussed. Uh, Tosos discusses it here. We don't have so much time to really get into it. There's a different version over here. But if you're interested in that story, you could do that bottom Tosos over here. <laughs> okay, as we move on. Omar of Yochum Shumer Shimbe, I'm sorry to tease you like that, but there's just, it has to keep on going. But, uh, but there, is, there is a discussion about what, what happened there with the uh, Rav Yochanan and the restroom and, the, and, the, and just answering the question about the, the funeral and uh, about uh, what was unique about Chizkiyo. But uh, as we've said, that he caused Torah to be learnt, and if Torah is learnt, then the Torah is kept. Omer of Yochum Meshum Rav Shimon ben Yochai. Rav Yochanan said in the name of uh, the abbreviation of Shimon ben Yochai is we call the Rashbi, Shimon ben Yochai. Uh, what does this verse refer to? It's, it's uh, very hard to translate. Things that are planted uh, near the water uh, where the, uh, the animals go. He says, It's uh, So really what we were getting into before, whether learning was better or actions were better. So the, the reality of it is that if somebody just learns, and it doesn't bring him to action, it's good that he learns, but it's not the greatest thing. Uh, and somebody just does actions and he doesn't learn, so he won't be doing the right actions because he didn't learn. The ideal thing is a person has, has both. So that's really referenced in this passage. Kola osig a person learns, uba gemilz chasadim. And he does the kindness, so then, so then he gets the inheritance of two tribes. This word, planting seeds, is when you do kindness, you plant a seed. It's interesting, stucca is called planting a seed or making something grow. Yeah, that's a very great metaphor. And water always refers to Torah. And he gets the inheritance of two tribes. Uh, Yosef, it says that uh, he, he had that special... Uh, uh, and he'll also get the inheritance of Yisachar, the Yisachar Kamogorim. So that's the, the donkey and the ox are Yisachar and Yosef. And uh, basically, he'll, he'll merit those two things. Some people say, it's, it's not only will he inherit great wealth, He'll defeat his enemies like Yosef did. He had that bracha that um, Yosef was um, the Yeshua, who was the one who defeated the kings, uh, was descended from Yosef. That, that power of Yosef helps defeat the enemies. Uh, and on the other hand, you need to defeat the enemies, but you also have to have understanding. Yisachar uh, comes from understanding. The judges were Yisachar. In this week's parsha, it talks about how Yisachar, you know, why he, um, you know, what, why he was had that bracha and why he got that uh, that value. The mind, the metaphor is the mind um, makes germination of the seed. Correct, correct. That's, that's right. That's exactly. Right. Right. Germination. That's, that's right. Yeah. Like right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to ask that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it said for the, uh, that there's something that Yosef has that uh, the, in the earlier Pusik, it said, Zochel Akilika Yosef. 
Does the art scroll say what that is? The uh, it says keel, a canopy, represents glory and adornment. Joseph would obviously have enjoyed such status as is evident as is evident from the verse now quoted. Did you hear that? He he was saying that with a canopy, uh, the word kila means a canopy, like a chuppah. And it says that Yosef had that. Uh, um, and he, the, the verse that he describes, it's not so clear. This is why I was thrown for a loop, because it doesn't say much about a canopy there. There it talks about the, uh, uh, the, all, all the women in Mitzrayim wanted to marry him, and they were uh, <coughs> uh, fawning over him. And the, uh, Rashi says, no kilo. That was the canopy. So I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't, I don't know the deeper meaning. I'll, 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 I'm also curious how that fits in. It wants to equate canopy to glory. Uh-huh, canopy to glory. Okay, um, there is this concept that says in the future everybody will be under a canopy. It means like a, uh, it's a special status that a person has. That's why the Chassanakalists are under a canopy. It's like a, um, uh, it's, it's, it's represents special status. Okay. Yeah. Rabbi Stein? Yes. It's, it's interesting that uh, there are actually uh, two references in the Birchus Kriya Shema to, uh, to this Gemara. In 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 Lachel Baruch Nimo Shitenu, it's talking about everything that the Malachim do that Hakadosh Baruch Hu dictates. One of them is Zareya Tzedakos, obviously patterned on this pasuk. Mm. Um, and in Ava Rabba, we have a progression of learning uh, of learning Torah, and it's uh, it's eight different verbs. It's Rachem Malena Lahavin to understand, Lahaskil to be smart to figure out, Lishmoa to hear. Um, Lilmod to learn Lulamed and to teach Lishmar to guard to do the 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 los assays, the lasos to do the assays Ulikayem and to make it endure. Mm-hmm. So we have Lilmod Lulamed. Very good. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. That uh, is interesting. Yeah. I don't know if there's a connection here, but it's uh, it's interesting. I found it interesting that Yosef and Yisachar are like thrown together like the. Uh, what what those two represent. But okay. Hadrilach Arbabas, we'll come back to you. So now we begin chapter two, finally second chapter. Um, the initial thing that the discussion is direct damage, you have to do, you have to pay direct full payments. Indirect damage uh, isn't always anticipated and you can't always protect against it. And so in some cases we're gonna see indirect damage only pays half. And so the, the major discussion that's going to come out of the beginning of the Mestachta is going to be which things are direct and which things are indirect. Another word for indirect are the rolling stones or the fruity pebbles. I, I just throw in the word fruit. It's pebbles or stones. The, when when the, the stones that roll away and then, uh, from the, that, and then they cause damage, that's a little bit more indirect. Uh, that we don't always, uh, could be that the person doesn't have full liability. Now, there's, uh, you have to know something that e- even if a person causes damage, a gorem, for example, indirect, it, men, men you definitely should pay the whole thing. But in a court, you can't always sue for that. In other words, just because, even if we say you pay half, it doesn't mean that maybe you should try to make amend, but we're talking about what's the obligation. The obligation for direct damage and indirect is different. Uh, ideally, a person shouldn't cause indirect damage too, but if that's the halacha, that's, that just means that we can't force them to pay more than half. 
whether it's a nice idea or a good thing or he should, I can't speak to that. Uh, but there, there is this concept of, of, like we said, the pebbles or the stones to pay half. So let's begin. Kate said, So how does it work? Foot damage. Uh, so uh, and foot damage means when we say it's a muid, it means that you can't argue that he's a first offender. It's the first time. I never expected my ox to step on things and break them. No, that's the nature. Uh, a muid means it's anticipated. It's something that he, the owner should have anticipated. When you walk through the china cabinet with the bull, you anticipate that things are going to break. That's, that's the, so, things are going to break if you, if you, if you travel through. They, they had little stores where people would have their wares on the side of the roads. So if you've got a whole bunch of you should steer them away from those wares. Because you're going to break stuff. That's what's going to happen. And then you'll be liable. It's normal for animals, even in their usual way, leash board to break things. What happens if the animal kicked? I showed Shrorus or the rolling stones. They roll and then those break things. You only pay half for those damages. Yes. That word... Tossing or something, it's not exactly roll. That's like I think that's it shoots out, it doesn't, it just doesn't lightly roll. It from the side of the foot, the pressure of the weight, it can shoot it out a little stone sometimes. So, not the rolling stone, the shooting stone. Okay, thank you. What does the art scroll say? Shooting, okay. It's funny because I don't know that we would normally call a stone shot. I guess it you know, with windshields that are higher, shoots that thing in, it's like your windshield, it shoots right. It's okay. I see. Dorsu alakli. Let's say it stomps on a vessel and it breaks it. Venafu alakli, or um, it falls on a kli and it breaks, and that broken piece falls on something else. In other words, it breaks the vessel, and then that piece goes and breaks something else. Mm. So ala rishon on the first damage, primary damage, nezek shalom. Ala akron on the secondary damage, mishalom katzene. That's half. That's indirect. Hatarni golim, chickens, moadim lahalukadarkan, they break stuff when they go lishbor. They it's normal for them to break stuff. Hail Dalil Kashabaragal, what happens if there's a bucket attached to their feet? They got a little bucket, uh, something attached. A dalil just means there's something, a string, a rope attached. Oshayu Mahadis, or they're dancing. Uh, Rashi says Mahadis Marakid. Uh, Kate said Maraki. Maraki means to dance. I don't know if it means, I think it means hopping. hopping. Yeah. That's, uh, so some people dance. That's what they're doing. They're hopping. You know, they're, they're going up and down. And, and it dances in a way and it breaks things. Mishalim Nezek. Then it pays half damages. Um, it's kind of like an indirect damage. So. Um, is the Chatsi Nezek here the same as it's saying it's a Tom Legabi, these things, or it's just that it, it's not in the same category as Nezek Sholem? It's a Right, we're going to talk about it. I, I would say it's not in the same category. It's the Sroros, it's the, it's the, 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 the pebbles, or the, it's removed a little bit. Um, there is a lot of discussion here. Um, but we have to go right there. Okay. Omer le Ravinu le Rava, Hainu Regal, Hainu Behema. So when we say Regal, um, isn't that the same as animal? In other words, it mentions, if, let's just go back to the Mishnah for a second. Kate Sarah Regal Moid Lushabe Videre Kailucha. 
it says Kate said, for example, Harego, when animals stomp on things, it breaks it when it goes on the way. And then it says the animal breaks stuff when it travels. That's a repeat, actually. The word behema and regal are the same thing. So isn't that hainu regal, hainu behema? Isn't that isn't the Mishnah being repetitive? So Amrle, Tani Avaskani told us those those are one is the main thing and the other is indirect. Is another is is another example, a subset. Alamiata sefek Tani Ashema is behema. Over there, where it talks about the uh, eating. So abahema when it's my over there, there's no av and there's no tolda. So you can't say that it means the subset. So the so when he heard this question, he answered him half joking. He said like this, Well, I explained one of them, now you go explain the other. I explained one, that's the joke. Was that was the, the light head. He said, I explained this one, you explain the other one. Um, um, so the time am I, what is the reason? So Omar Ravashi, and again, there was a, must be a reason why he, he asked his student to explain it, or uh, sometimes a person is up to the challenge, like, you know, so I did that one, so you do the other one, and so when the person gets the challenge, they'll, they'll explain it. So Omar Ravashi, Tani Shein, Dechaya, Tani Shein, Behema. He said, we're talking about a wild animal eating, and we talk about a domesticated animal eating. So why would I think they're different? Silk, and Behema in I would have said that it's only the, you know, you feed your regular animals. But a wild animal, if, if it eats it, maybe it's not expected. The Kamashmu and the Chaibakal Behema. For this, it's the same thing. If you have a deer, you have animals, and they eat people's food, that you have the same liability as you would for your domesticated why, why animals. Why would they say that you would own a wild animal, I wonder? A deer or a Kongisama. What, what causes, what attaches that to ownership by you? Just because you own the land that it's on. Oh uh, no, you you would have had to have captured it and had uh, to have uh, uh, being delivering uh, it or the. But mom, if you own the thing, but it's wild. That's not the matter. Right, but it, it's okay. right. In other words, it's it's not raised. You you must have caught it or something, or you must have picked it up somehow. Hmm. So more So why didn't it list it first? The one that's in the pasuk. So more said to us, let me draw This is a famous thing that the one that we interpreted. Uh, was beloved to us because it took a little work to, to interpret it, so therefore we listed the Chaya first. So the says, So shouldn't it have listed the one that's not written directly? The Morris says, Haki hashta. How are you asking? Both of them are Avos. They're both main categories. The one that's learned out, uh, that took a little work to figure out that's more special to us, that got listed first. Hak Shavak, the other one it left. Uh, but over here, Shavak Avatani Tolda. Over here, we have an Av and a Tolda. We're definitely going to learn the main category for the subcategories. When they're both main categories, you learn the Drusha first. When there's a main and a sub, we definitely learn the main first. That's answer number one. Or Yiboisim, if you want, Adi Dissolok Merego, Pasuk Merego. Since we finished with Rego in the last chapter, we began with Rego in this chapter. This, by the way, is consistent that often at the beginning of a parak, we, we go through why things, uh, why we mention things that we do. In other words, that's often the place to discuss the order of things. Okay. Don Rabbana, we learn, Animals are, it's expected that they're going to cause damage when they travel and break things. And therefore, you have liability if you're not careful. Kate said, Behemish, Nick, Zachatzer, Anizik. 
uh, an animal goes into private property and does damage begufa with its body as it's walking ubisara or its hair or its saddle or the bags that are there even the bit in its mouth even the bell around it or a donkey bamasa or with uh, they had big uh, they they piled on the donkeys so it was it was bulky so all of those, Mishalem Nezek Shalom, you have to pay a whole Nezek because that's regular damage to be expected and therefore full liability. Sumka says, Asrorus, V'chazir Shainova Azer. He says, if there are stones that come out or if there's a pig that is Nover Ba'ashba that's digging in the garbage, V'hizik, Mishalem Nezek Shalom. He says that even the indirect damage you pay full damage. So the Morris said, Hizik, well, if it did the direct damage, Pita, El Eme Hittiz Vihizik. No, if it had loosened things and then those caused the damage. So uh, what we're going to see is that um, uh, we've been saying indirect damage or pebbles pay half. Sumkus argues and he holds indirect damage pays whole. Uh, so Eme Hittiz Misham Nezak Shalom. So Sroros, the Morris says, but Sumkus didn't mention pebbles. Man how do we jump into Tsroros from the uh, the animal damage? So you're right. We're missing a line. Um, we the, the, the on the first teaching about the animals, so we add the words Sroros Kirukhayu and the pebbles that get dislodged and they cause damage, then you only pay half damage. Um and if you have a pig uh, uh, pushing things around in the garbage dump, the hits and they shoot out the mishalem, and that's also half damage. So on that, Sumchus argues and he disagrees, and he says Sroros, the pebbles and the chazer over and the pig that's pushing stuff around in the dump the hits and it causes damage. Hezek he says you pay full damages. So. Um, the pig, with whatever it does in the dump, is similar to Sroros, is similar to the pebbles. It's this indirect damage, and we're having two opinions about it. We're having our, the main opinion is that you pay less for the indirect damage, you pay Katsinezik, and Sumkus's opinion that no, in those cases, you do pay full damage. Because it's digging into the ground? What's the pig, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the deal with the pig? I don't know. I don't know what that's what they do. also causing pebbles to fly as he's digging or Yeah. They eat roots in, in the ground. I think they, yeah, they just, they move everything around. They're, yeah. they're just like, you know, yeah. digging in there and, and everything is like, you know, oh, going yeah. out of place and getting in the way or the, so on the road where you're traveling, there's all, the pig, pig left a mat, you know, like, it's like the roommate, you know, kind of the whole place is a mess. Every, nothing's where, but you know, the guy's like a pig. He's, yeah. he's tossing stuff everywhere. It doesn't belong. That's the, <laughs> I think that's where the expression comes from. But uh, what, nice, what nice Jewish farmer owns pigs? <laughs> I think He's they a wild, had wild. I only know about I mean, wild pigs. <laughs> uh, so that's what I, th- I think they had wild pigs too. Yeah. Michael, you farm a lot of pigs, right? <laughs> right. I got uh, my hands. I got my hands full with kosher animals. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Very good. Tanurabanim, Tarni Golish, Ayo Mafrikin, Mamakum Lamakum. You got the chickens that are dancing away. They're 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 um. This word Mafriach. It's like with their wings, like they're they're jumping with their. Um, it's an expression like the fluttering. fluttering thank you. Fluttering. They're fluttering. Um, doesn't like fluttering mean like they're bobbing up and down? I, I know exactly what it means. They're fluttering. Chickens can't fly, so they 
just like flap around, yeah. around. Flap around, yeah. That has to do with like attracting for mating. Oh, but uh, either way, they jump around and Mishivru Caleb, they break stuff with their wings. Mishalem Nezek Shalom. That's, that's expected. But if it's the wind of their wings, so that's only Chatsi Nezek. On that, Sumkas disagrees and says Nezek Shalom. So again, we have this, this is going to be the argument of the chapter between Sumkas and the Chachamim, whether for the, the, the secondary damage, the, um, uh, you pay half or you pay whole. This is a different word. This is, uh, they're stepping on the dough. I don't know what they're doing in the dough. Uh, or on fruit, vitinfu, and they get it dirty. Wait, the chickens doing the that? The chickens doing that, yeah. Or they get their beaks in there. So, Michelle, that's normal. You've got to pay Nezek Shalom. If you allow them free reign, they're going to get into everything. They're going to make a mess. Yeah. What happens if they bring up the dirt or they cause the little stones to roll? So that's Chatsi Nezek. Sumka says that's Nezek Shalom. So again, we have the same similar idea. Tiny Eda, we learned in another place. It's jumping around. And there's like a wind, and the wind breaks things. So you pay half, that's Karabbanan. So what's this big argument between Sumchus and the Rabbanan? Sumchus holds Koiko that the, uh, the power that comes from it, Kigufu Dami, that's direct. So, but the Rabbanan, why did they say you pay less? If that's direct, so cool, then they should agree you pay the whole thing. And if it's indirect, you shouldn't have to pay anything. If that damage of the wind of the, of the feathers or whatever, or the, the stones that roll out later is not direct, why do you got to pay half? No, really, that's caused by the animal. That's direct. Why do you pay only half then? Really, a person should be responsible for all of it. That's halacha Moshe Messinai, which means we can't explain it. It's just one of those things. It's a halacha that was handed down, that indirect damage you pay half. But you're right. If you're liable, you should pay everything. But our tradition was that indirect you pay half. So because they didn't have that tradition. So he said, uh, our real question was, like, how are we looking at it? Either you're liable or you're not, you know, and if you're not, why pay anything? And so we're saying that's a halacha Moshe Messinai, but really we agree that you should be liable for it. Uh, it it's anticipated that there'll be secondary damage that these uh, things happen. Just, yeah, just by default. By default, yeah. Omar Rabba, he gives an interesting analogy. There's the, the laws of Azav, a person who's impure. So he says anything that... Uh, the Zav would be considered direct contact, would make a Tameh, but Nezikin, if the same kind of direct contact and damages, you'd pay Nezik Shalom. Kosha Bezavtar, if we would say in the laws of purity, it's called indirect contact and it doesn't make a Tameh, so then, Benezikin Nezik, uh, you'd only pay Chatsi Nezik. So the question is, what exactly was he coming to include? So, for Rav is he just coming to tell us like the pebbles, like if you touch the person directly, you become tame. But if you touch the stones that he dislodged, you don't. So that's really Shroas. He didn't really add something that was not known from previous halachas. So what, what did he add by throwing in the Zov analogy? <coughs> so the Morris says, no. He comes to tell us if a cow is pulling a wagon. So if a cow pulls a wagon and, and uh, a, a tame person is there, so the wagon also becomes tame. Um, 
and so that's uh, that's 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 what he the analogy he was giving. Kamash Malan. Tani Kavasli Rabba Behem Wedas Lishboy Bederek Luch an animal that travels becomes Tamei Kaitzer Behemish Nixes Lachatzer Anizik Vehaziku Begufa Derek Lucha. If he does it with his body, Besara Derek Lucha or his hair, Baok of Shalha and the saddle of Bishlishala and the bags of Primishapia and the bit in its mouth, Ubazuk Shibisavraha and the bell around its neck, Vachamor Bamasa, Vegla Moshekas Bekaren. Or if it's pulling a wagon and the wagon smashes stuff, Mishalem Nezek Shalem. So that analogy of the wagon that was learned by the Zod, that's why he brought it. The chickens are pecking at the rope of the well that's attached to the bucket. And the rope breaks. And the bucket smashes. So how much do they owe? So Mishalem Nezek Shalem. They have to pay. That's direct damage when they break the rope. And it causes the thing to fall down. So that, so that means you're expecting the chicken to do damage with its beak. With its beak, correct. Boy, Rabbi, Dorsa, Cleve, Aloshiv, Russell. What happens if it stepped on a vessel and it didn't break? And then it rolls someone else, and then it breaks over there. So do you say, it started out direct damage? Or do you look at where it broke? And that's indirect. So the Mara says, Tishale made a rabba. Let's bring a proof from Rabba. Doma Rabba Zora Klimaroshagag. Somebody tosses something off the roof, and somebody's down at the bottom, and he's got a baseball bat, and he takes a swing, Vishivrubamakal, and he breaks that vessel with his he smashes it. So do we make him pay because he smashed it, or do we say Damrinale Mana Taviru Tavar? He broke a broken thing. Because it was gonna hit the ground, right? So the Rabbi Pshitele, the Rabbi boy, they say he was asking that as the question. Um, okay, we'll stop here. If we have more time, with... if they walked on the dough, that was they had a disagreement, right? One said correct, right? That's right. Yeah. But but the beak uh, breaking the rope is they both agree full full payment. Is that the same thing? In other words, the dough they make the dough dirty by putting the, right. the holes in it. Here they're breaking the rope, and then the then it falls to the ground. You've got this so bucket being held up, and they're pecking it, and then it falls down. More of a direct damage, maybe. They didn't realize they were walking on the dough, but they knew they knew they were pecking at that rope. I have to I think about know. it some more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was the halakha regal 